It's Sean and Kevin's Infinite Movie Crisis. Roll the dice. Accept your movie fate. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sean and Kevin's Infinite Movie Crisis. Part two. Wait, oh uh, no, no, all right, no, that's, no. Like, it's it's part, all it's like all 19? it's all the same. Know. You know, I ruined it anyway. Yes. <laughs> all right, Sean. Future Sean, put in the James Bond theme music right <laughs> here. actually do it yeah i there's a it's like a 60 percent chance you don't yeah that's a pretty good chance because it's like yeah, it would require 60%. me downloading it and then cutting it up for like 30 seconds and i'm like that's like <laughs> that's like six minutes of work and i don't want to do that you know and it is it is uh it is your your form of employment at the moment so it is my it, it is quite tedious i uh and you'll see i've been phoning these in a little bit more than these past, <laughs> the last three four episodes than i was recently like uh, I tell you what, oh. the, the Rocky episode does not sound amazing. <laughs> it does not, not, not that any of them do. Okay, so everybody, if you haven't listened to this podcast before, it's not just the one where we bullshit. This is a film critique. That's the other one. That's the other one. Yeah, that's the other one. This is the film critique bullshitting of uh, me, Sean Barry, and my partner. Hey, it's Kevin Coldren. And what we do is every week we roll a die, a ten-sided die from one to ten. One being the worst, ten being the best. And Kevin, what did I roll, or did you roll? I rolled. No, you ro- you rolled a nine. It's been a couple weeks. Yeah, this one got put off because of me. Yeah. Uh, uh, you rolled a nine. You rolled a nine. So, good job, I guess. Great uh, job by me. I think stats are whack. They man. are whack. I just haven't. Um, listen, I'm just like you're in the early season slump. I'm just killing. I'm Fernando Tatis. You're uh, Francisco Lindor. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that 500. <laughs> take, take, take that for you. Uh, but uh, no, no, we watched Skyfall, baby. Skyfall, the third Daniel Craig James Bond film, baby. A, what is widely considered, might be to be the best Bond film. Yeah, that, that's not a wild take. There are, I, I, I'm, I'm willing to, to put that in the ground that there are many people who think this is the best Bond film. It's, it's certainly up there, like, definitely. Uh, it's, it's the most successful, it's for sure. Most exce- uh, I think it's actually now, I think Spectre made, like, like ten dollars more than this one, but I'll double check. But you, you keep going. Uh, um, but yeah, this was a massive hit in two thousand twelve. Uh, Spectre made eight hundred eighty million. This made one point one billion. Okay, yeah. So this made a lot more, a lot of money. This is the first Bond film that grossed over a billion dollars. Uh, it's exciting. And Kevin, I really enjoyed watching this twice. I this also past enjoyed week. watching it. Yeah. So a little bit. And like, that's the show. We'll see you guys next week. Uh, ten- <laughs> <laughs> These are two minutes and fifty-two second reviews. No, so I, uh, no, I that, that's for TikTok. We were supposed to watch it last week. Kevin couldn't do it, so we we pivoted to something else. And so I was like, ah, I gotta keep it fresh. And instead of lo- having to go look it back up again, it just happened to be playing on cable. So I was just able to watch the last fifty minutes of it again. It was great. Oh, there you go. It was a really fun time. What channel? What what channel had it? It was like Epics or something. 
Oh, that's it. We just have all the movie channels. It's great. That's the one thing cable always beats the internet on is just the ability to flip through and find a movie like at the good points. Yeah, I mean, Netflix has added that feature now. You know, they added the just play me something like, I don't know, fucking whatever. Uh, You know, and sometimes, not all the time, but a lot of the time, I really do understand letting the world just come to you for a little bit is kind of nice you it's know? it's really nice like i like netflix and all and peacock are the two i think that have the like auto playing stuff yeah, yeah uh yeah. but the, none of them still have where you can just come in midway through something and they don't realize how nice that is sometimes it can be it's, if it's something you've seen a bunch of times yeah, when it's a movie i've already seen a bunch and i just want to catch like the highlight reel and like i don't like because most films for the most part i think the setup is the meh it's because, like I like I know what I'm getting into like it's like oh this guy he's a hero the saving the cat moment and then like oh we get just the cool kick ass action scenes yeah it's like when yeah, you're watching John Wick and you avoid the dog dying and you get to come in right at the uh, club raid like yeah, that. yeah 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 that's pretty good yeah for sure but like 45 minutes in you're like all right now we're 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 cooking we're cooking with gas now uh so but we're not talking John Wick we're talking James Bond the original action hero in all of film history pretty much I mean who was I know, I know. Sean Connery is like the first famous one. There's no one who played him before Sean Connery, is there? No, Sean Connery was the first one. The first book started coming out in the 1950s. Doctor right. No, I believe, came out in 1965. Let me look that 62. up. I should. I got 62. 62. Yeah. So yeah, it, yeah, it was a quick turnaround because the, the books were very popular, and then yeah. the film was massively popular. It made uh, 59 million in the box office, which I just assume in 62 bucks means it made like 18 billion dollars. Should we should we do a quick little how much of that in today's money? Inflation, uh, yeah. Inflation-wise, that's going to be uh, all right. If you're you're doing it, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pull I'll it up fill, right now. I'll fill for time. Okay, you, uh, you do a little vamping. I I think that's going to be sixty million from nineteen sixty. That's going to be like a four or five hundred million. Four or five. I think it's going to be like almost ten times as much. I think in twenty. You know, <laughs> with inflation the way it is, you know. <laughs> Yes, yes, it would. If it cost fifty nine million dollars, if it made fifty nine million dollars, then it would now be five hundred and five million dollars. I was pretty on. That's yeah, pretty, pretty good. So that one. It would yeah. be half a billion dollars today, which yeah. by weirdly today's standards is not good, but also but, is but incredible. Also, also, like that was that even, was that an international release or was that just America? I, I assume just America and the UK. Yeah, like that was like the like the the international market wasn't really there at the time, was it? No, it really wasn't a thing yet. Uh, it was really, it really, films really just came out in America. Uh, yeah, it says, it the, says on Wikipedia right here, literally it just says countries, United Kingdom, United States, that's it. Yeah, and then things would eventually trickle over to like France and stuff, but like it really wasn't until like the 80s there were any international releases, and then not until recently, recently, where everything what, is global, uh, global right, phenomenon. Right, What do you think the budget on Dr. No was? For 1962. Yep. It's, it still looks pretty good at all things considered they shot in, they had in location and stuff. I'll say two million dollars. One point one million. Okay. Right ballpark. Yeah. Oof, nice. Yeah. Which you know, again, according to our inflation, would be roughly a uh, ten million dollar budget nowadays. Which you know. which is a massive steal. <laughs> right. Exactly. But so. also, actors got paid less than everyone got paid way less, and but you know, still lived a luxurious life. But I assume I assume Sean Connery got paid in like a ham sandwich. I assume he just got paid in money and paid in yeah. women. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, okay, was. I remember this is a sidebar, mm-hmm. but it's relevant. Yes, I remember when we were we were living together in college. We we one night we watched an old school. I know the exact one. Con- Connery one. What was the one we watched? It was Goldfinger. Okay, because that one had a scene 
that was just just Connery just pretty much. Like, it was it was James Bond committing a sexual assault. Period. It was full on sexual just, assault. Just right. I'm not I'm not misremembering. This. He's full on sexual assaults, pussy galore. That is what happens. Oh my god. It is. What and I remember was... we had like a bunch of our our friends who were women at, over at the time. We were like, ooh boy. It, weirdly, <laughs> the women were more cool than, than we were. Yeah, <laughs> like, we were freaking out. They were like, yeah, like this is just. This it's the James Bond movie. We're like, what do you mean this is a James Bond movie? Yeah, Namara. God. <laughs> it was her DVD collection or Blu-ray or whatever we watched those things on back then. Yeah, uh, I guess. But, yeah, uh, yeah I no, know. it was, but it's, I mean, obviously James Bond is this alcoholic, womanizing, <laughs> cool gadget having, action kung fu man of just pure. <laughs> In the 60s was, was like, oh, great. That's what I want to be. And now this movie is like. Yeah, what if that was actually true, though? This guy is a mess. <laughs> yeah, it turns out your life is a mess. Like, remember, Archer was super popular at the time when this came out. It was, like, only, like, his yes. third season. okay, yeah. And it really started to analyze of, like, what if you really did live your life like this? It'd be, you'd be a self-destructive, lonely, just kind of looking for death, like, nihilist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, if, if you think this is the dark and gritty Bond, it pretty much is in that way. There's still some fun to be had, but, like... The tone is a little subdued. It know? is. It is the most like. There's no. Like, there's charm to it, but it's a different. It's not that. There's no whimsy. You know, like of like. Yeah, the whimsy. There's no. Really there. There's no. I thought Christmas only came once. Yeah. Right, like that. Yeah. Which, yeah, yeah. They're, they're like it's. They're there, but they're very understated. You well, know? we should mention. So the entire Bond franchise got rebooted in 2006 uh, into yeah. the true dark and gritty remake. But this was the time when it was still fun and original to do that, and yeah, it, yeah. and it worked for the character because it was yeah. like. Batman Begins, Casino Royale, back to back. We're like, okay, we're taking these characters seriously now. Yep, They're still yep. going to have all that stuff you like, but now, like, everything matters. As opposed to, you know, the ridiculousness of uh, the Pierce, some of the Pierce Brosnan ones. I'm going to tell you right now, yeah. I, I, it's it's a gut feeling. It's hard to come up with specific things. Mm-hmm. But when I was watching this earlier today, I was like, this feels a little like a Batman movie. <laughs> it, I'll tell you that right now. It's because Sam Mendes accredited a lot of this to The Dark Knight. I, okay, good, because like I, I got Dark Knight vibes. I There's really did. There's a ton of Dark Knight uh, esque, and they really do. You know why? Okay, so they pointed this out. I was going to say this for trivia, but like, so when they made Batman, the Adam West one, they took all their influences from James Bond. Oh, okay, all right, all right. And then James Bond took all of the campiness from that Batman show for the Roger Moore ones, which is where they go to the moon and shit. Right, which is a really fun if you if that's what you're in the mood for. Yeah, you know? and, like, then when, fun. and then and then. Uh, when Batman got dark and gritty again, they did that again with Goldeneye, with uh, mm-hmm. for the Tim Burton ones. And then when Batman got shitty in Batman and Robin, uh, James Bond got shitty with the later uh, Pierce Brosnan. The one where he's on the he, it's a terrible clip. Look it up. I think it's no time, no, no, no time oh, you're, like you're dying or something. Like, you're, you're talking about the one with like, Halle Berry. The one with Halle Berry. It's you're, just you're talk- atrocious. No, yeah, no. The, uh, the world is not enough. No, that's the game. Uh, there's there's. Um... Tomorrow Never Dies, is that it? Tomorrow Never Dies. Horrible, horrible. But that's where they get super camp. Hey, hey, are, are we also going to talk about how most titles for these movies are fucking stupid? God forbid they just titled them James Bond colon something, which yeah. is what they would do nowadays. But they're based, they were originally based on the books, obviously. Right, and, right. You know, it's like, it's like, ooh, it's not called a Game of Thrones. It's a Song of Ice and Fire. It's Game mm-hmm. of Thrones. Like, yeah. it's just... Sometimes you nail the title perfectly the first time. I, I remember, I really do distinctly remember this movie coming out, Skyfall, in 2012. Mm-hmm. It was November 2012, right? Is that when it came out? Uh, November 2012 in the States, yes. Uh, and I remember we watched it. We, you know, that was that was one of the first movies that I remember going with a bunch of us in undergrad, like making the trek 
across the the city to go to the mall yes to go see it and uh really i i loved it when i saw it then you know i i really did enjoy it watching it today i don't think it's perfect but i think it's pretty damn good i think you it's know? really really good but it, there's yeah. some parts of that haven't been aging great like it's a little yeah it's a little long it's uh yeah a little long in the tooth a little bit and there's some pacing issues i think in the middle but for the most part the the scenes at work really really work yeah but overall i still really enjoyed this film so should we just get into the grand general notes i guess yeah go ahead go ahead so let me let me let me tell you what people skyfall is all about so skyfall when james bond's latest assignment goes terribly wrong it leads to a calamitous turn of events undercover agents around the world are exposed and mi6 detect forcing m to relocate the agency with mi6 now compromised inside and out m turns to the one man she can trust Bond. Aided by only by a field agent, uh, Naomi Harris's Eve Moneypenny, Bond takes to the shadows and follows the trail to, to Silva, a man from M's past who wants to settle an old score. This was directed by Sam Mendes, uh, written by Neil Purvis and Robert Wade and John Logan, based on the Ian Fleming novels. This is the, also the first one that was not directly a a uh, direct adaptation of one of the books. This was a whole pretty oh. original idea. I was going to say, okay, so you're saying this wasn't a book. That makes sense to me. Yes, this was not a book. This was its own... Relatively, I mean, there's elements of all, all the books and stuff, but uh, yeah, this was a, for the most part an original idea, idea for a Bond film. Well, that makes sense to me because like the main theme of the movie is like Bond in modern times, you know? Yes, it's it's Bond in modern times and spying as a whole. And like, it's funny because they're, they're showing it today, right? And the whole thing is like, you're basically a relic from the past, James Bond. Like, yeah. that's the whole thing is like, you know, like they're talking about like, I use computers now. And the year you out here with no, the, no, I am computers. I, I mean, he has a conversation with Q in the film, and it's the whole thing is like sometimes you need to be out there on the field, and I have that debate, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure computers won in 2021. This is only nine years ago, but like, yeah, you know, it's it it does in some ways feel kind of dated in that argument. You know, it makes sense a lot, and it still works. The 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 concept of the movie, I think the concept of the movie of, of Bond being an old dog and like being a relic of the past, is is. A, a meta meta thing it's it's about the the franchise as a whole uh rather than like this specific bond character because bond if you think about timeline wise like quantum of solace was like four years before this he was like the hip young new bond in quantum of solace quantum of solace is a direct sequel to casino royale so like he hasn't been doing bond that long but Bond has been around forever. I think that's the point of the movie, right? That is 100% the point of the movie. Because the whole thing is it's paying homage to everything that's come before. Because this is the 50-year anniversary of Bond, people. For, uh, yeah. Too. Yeah, yeah. So the whole thing is it encapsulates the whole shebang, right? And it takes you on this journey of exploring what the new should be. And with the old is, like, we get the classic car, the classic suits, the gun. Like, they mentioned no more exploding pens and stuff like that. Uh, Judy Dench was the M for also for Pierce Brosnan, so she's literally a relic from the past in this. Yeah, I mean that's that's really what the point of the movie is. It, it's straddling uh, straddling a lot of lines. I mean, for the record, like the movie just works in general. You know, like it, it definitely works. And like seeing the movie again, part of me is like, eh, some of those things are a little heavy handed, but they they definitely uh, that's that's not a problem. It really isn't. Like Bond isn't supposed to be about subtlety. <laughs> it's fucking James Bond. You know. Yeah, he's literally like, he announces his name every time he's on a mission. Like, dude, aren't you supposed which to? Which like, is just so fucking it's, dumb. It's so. I mean, obviously the character has been like picked apart to you know. Again, it's happens we've been around for fifty years, right. and there's this thing going on. Like, remember there was debate of whether or not James Bond should ever be black. Obviously, he should. Yeah. Uh, you know, the skin color does not matter. But like, that's the whole thing. Is like, there's so much fighting of like what this IP is essentially, right? Like, because it's yeah. owned by the Broccoli family, who is uh, the descendant of the Fleming, so they get full 
final creative control over everything, which right. is why certain things they aren't allowed to do. Like obviously they've they've thought after Craig definitely make him a person of color, and some people want you know James Bond to be a woman. I'm a little more apprehensive to that one, not because obviously yeah. there should be a woman spy series, but changing the gender of James Bond fundamentally changes the character. As opposed to yeah. changing the skin color, you could still be all the things we like about James Bond while also being something unique and new without overhauling it. Yeah, I, I would agree. That's just an entirely different franchise at that point. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, it's funny when you're saying all that about people feeling like they have ownership over the character and saying, oh, it has to be this way, right? You can't be doing this. Sounds a lot like Batman fans, doesn't it? Yes, it, it does. It does. It, because it's James Bond is such a male fantasy of what a man can be. Yeah. Same thing with Batman. Same thing. It's the exact same thing. Every woman's attracted to him. Every man wants to be him. He has the coolest cars. He has the coolest gadgets. He's in shape, even though he clearly doesn't ever work out. <laughs> like, that's the dream of just you can kick every guy's ass with a judo chop. <laughs> like a judo chop. I mean, oh, man. We got to get an Austin Powers in here at some point. We do. I love Austin Powers so much. That uh, might be a live watch along. That, ooh, could, that could be a ooh, that'd, be, that'd be good for like, we'll do yeah. like, uh, Spy who shagged me. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen that in forever. Yeah, yeah. I'm shag now. or shag later. But okay, so the film. Uh, <laughs> one of the sequ- like okay. Anyway, back to the next. Sorry, I can do. No, I'm going to do the whole thing as Austin Powers. The film. The film's secret, absolute secret weapon is the cinematographer is Roger freaking Deakins. Yeah, who we talked about in our No Country for Old Men, and in this one, he just oh, he brings the the best looks and style and sleekness what cool while also making the whole film feel gritty and down to earth while everything's also so that spy like we'll talk about I'm, we I'm on to- his i'm on his wikipedia page right yeah. now and like first of all if you look at all of his films like mm-hmm. incredible list like shawshank redemption fargo oh brother where art thou beautiful mind skyfall sicario blade runner 2049 1917 like incredible list he's a uh, he's like peak of his craft the picture they chose for Wikipedia, he looks like a grown-up Oompa Loompa. <laughs> it's, not, it's not great. It's like he's got really dark orange skin, and he's got, like, white bowl-cut hair. Oh, I he see looks, it, too. Like, yeah. He looks like an Oompa Loompa, doesn't he? He could, he could, he could maybe, yeah, maybe uh, tweak that a little bit. <laughs> it's just really funny. Yeah, you know what's insane is he never won Best Cinematographer up until two years ago with 1917, also directed by Sam Mendes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was gonna say I really liked that 1917. It's a great uh, dad movie. Great dad movie. Great, great movie theater movie too. Of just pulse pounding yeah. action. Uh, so people originally were skeptical about this because Sam Mendes was not known for action at all. He'd done American Beauty, Road to Perdition, Jarhead, Revolutionary Road, more adult dramas. Yeah. Like, but then it was like he's like I'm fucking English, mate. I don't know if that's how he sounds. I think he's more. Like, I highly doubt that. I think he's more sense. posh English, but I do state them. That's 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 <laughs> that's. I don't do. I don't do cool guy. That's a that's a that's a personal choice. That's it's, a personal choice. It is. Uh, the music is by Thomas Newman. Uh, with the uh, just just always always solid. Who, Thomas Newman always coming in there solid. Who composed uh, both the score and the original song to accompany uh, Adele? Uh, the original song of Skyfall, which we'll talk about in a second. This film is starring Dale Craig as James Bond, Javier Bardem as Silva, Naomi Harris as Eve Moneypenny, Dame Judi Dench as M, Ben Whishaw as Q, Berenice Merlajon as Severine, Albert Finney as Kincaid, and Rory Kinnear as Tanner, and Ray Fiennes as Mallory. See, uh, I- I'm 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 disappointed that you, you cheated and looked at the list, because I was going to ask you, Hey, who's in this movie? Is it uh, is it Javier Bardem, Josh Brolin, or, or uh, uh, Benicio del Toro? Listen, I knew this one was Bardem because uh, how could you not? Like they look—he's so unique in this one. Uh huh. Yeah. No. Uh-huh. Listen, there's a chance it was Benicio del Toro. I had to have it up at all times. <laughs> uh, great cast. I'm gonna quiz right. you later. 
You're going to get quiz me later. The film was released on October 26, 2012 in the United Kingdom. November 9th, uh, worldwide, including the United States. The film currently sits with a 7.7 on IMDb, a 92 on Metacritic, and an 81% on Rotten Tomatoes. 92 on Metacritic? Yeah. Right? 92? I know. I thought that was high, too. Wow. Like, They're... I mean, awesome. I disagree a little bit, but like, oh, I... wow, damn. Yeah, yeah. I uh, had an $88 million opening weekend in the States, going on to gross $304 million domestically and $1.1 billion worldwide on a $200 million budget. You know, like, I think the main the main driving factor to this movie's success is the quality. Of course, it's a good movie. People want to see it. You know, you don't make a billion dollars without at least a few people going back to see it twice. You know what I mean? So, like, it's or word of mouth. So it is a good movie. But also, I think part of it, if you think about it, is, you know, Casino Royale, incredible movie, super successful. They pumped out Quantum of Solace in, like, a, a year and a half. Yeah. Right? I, for the record, I fucking hate Quantum of Solace. I've um. seen... I've seen the first 15 minutes like three times, and I turn it off every time. It's, I hate Quantum of Solace. It's really bad. It actually would be a good one to do for this podcast. I agree. There's, a, a, there's a lot behind the scenes stuff, but it's it's so bad. And it's that's, so an objective, that's an objective six with a personal personal two from me. I think it's an objective <laughs> five and a personal yeah. three from me. Okay. Uh, right. because, you know what it's too? Because Cine Royale was so great, and it picks up. Yeah. It, the problem is it broke the formula. Like Most Bond films are all self-contained. It was a direct sequel. Yeah, a du- exactly. It literally yeah. picks up seconds after Casino Royale. And it's, and it's clearly that, just a completely different movie. It's a completely different movie with completely different ideas and themes and writing, and it just does not work. As the to the this reason one, I hate it is because it, it uses flash editing, like like jump cuts, like really, really, like you don't stay on an image for more than like half a second, and it's really disorienting. I hate it. But the reason the reason I bring that up is because if you think about it, that was kind of a disappointment, right? Quantum of Solace still yeah. made money, but not nearly as much money. People don't really like it that much, you know. It doesn't mm-hmm. get the same lasting effect as Casino Royale, and then it wait. They wait a while, right? There was probably some development issues with Skyfall. We'll probably get into at some point. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't come out for four years. Four years after, like you know, technically six years after the last really good one. Just the right amount of time to wait for everyone to be excited to go see this new movie, but not so long that people forgot about it, like Avatar two. <laughs> exactly. We'll we'll never do Avatar. But I was going to bring up so. In 2010, MGM, who owns uh, the rights, film rights to James Bond, went bankrupt. So they had yeah, no way of funding, that was a big deal. Yeah, yeah, of funding sure. this film whatsoever. And so they're like, ah, shit. Even though they already had, they did have Sam Mendes in place and they had a script in place. They just had literally no financial backings. So they were able to strike a deal with Sony Pictures uh, to give it more unique. At least they were Sony was taking more of the financial hit of it, but they also got more of the box office return. While it was basically like, it's not too dissimilar from the Spider-Man deal between Disney and Sony, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Sony never got the rights to Bond. They just got yeah. the... Uh, you know, profit. I just, I feel like that little bit of extra time and waiting built up some hype that people really, it affected like people wanted to go see this and I think that helped it for sure. It did. And the thing is too, is they, they purposely had the marketing plan of this is 50 years of Bond. 50 yep. years, they, because they held a, a press conference to announce the filming on 2011, 50 years after J- Sean Connery was announced as the original James Bond to the day. Yeah. Like they did, it was a whole, like very smartly subs. They know the character is beloved and iconic throughout you know the world we all we all love this alcoholic misogynist we really do it's fucked up (laughs) the film was nominated for five academy awards yeah no i feel like this is pretty well received (laughs) yeah uh including best cinematography original score sound mixing sound editing and original song and it won for best song and best sound editing okay all right i could see that it should have been cinematography who won cinematography that year (sighs) 
you always ask me the follow-ups and I don't have them ready to go. <laughs> you do this every episode of like, oh, who actually won that year? And I'm like, I have fucking, Kevin, I don't fucking know, okay? I don't. Well, then don't answer the question. We're moving on. No, no, no. I'm looking it up now. Because it's a good question of who the fuck beat this because this was gorgeous. Uh, See, so, uh, like, oh, oh, all right, this one's fair. Life of Pi. Okay, yeah, that's a beautiful movie. Yeah, for sure, for sure. L- Life it's of Pi is one of my uh, favorite shots of all time, which is when the boat is sinking underneath Pi, and he just like looks down and like it's it real looks really good. So fair, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I'm not angry about that. One. I also nominated Anna Karenina, Django Unchained, and Lincoln in Skyfall. Skyfall, Skyfall, Skyfall. <laughs> Sky- all right, so we should let's talk about that real quick. <laughs> the, so the, the theme music, the theme song, the, the, the theme song Skyfall by Adele, which they released well before the movie, right? I think it was like six, seven months. Well, in the in the lead up to it, so everyone gets hyped. And it was yeah. a colossal hit. It was so yeah, huge. It's a great song. It's a great ballad by Adele at the peak of her powers. That's she what was, I was going to say, too, is like, this is peak Adele. It was 2012, right? Peak Adele. Like, like, I think her second album it just came out. Uh, you know, everyone's like, oh, she's fat. That's awesome. And everyone's like, whoa. <laughs> and me, being an annoying 18-year-old douche, was like, you know what? That's not a very good version of uh, Skyfall. I'm going to write a different version. <laughs> And then I proceeded to write, uh, uh, write and sing and perform for Kevin my version of Skyfall, which Kevin I have for you right here in full. No, I didn't. I didn't do that. I should have done. <laughs> it basically, was just us bullshitting in the in the dorms. I think, you know right? what? It was us bullshitting. Where it was basically instead of this long operatic ballad, it was a Limp Biscuit esque. Just keep <laughs> saying the title over and over and over again. Of <laughs> Limp Biscuit. That's exactly what it was. Skyfall, 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 Sky, Skyfall, 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 Skyfall. Don't don't forget, like after like eighteen of those in a row, you then go, Sky is falling down. I was about to get to that. Yes, uh, it was very annoying, but it made us laugh a lot to the point that I started doing it for a lot of other films as well that did not need it. See, the, I, uh, there's other. I can't think of them off the top of my head right now, but I do remember doing it for other ones too. There's, I did it for Daredevil, the TV show. Okay. Yeah. Oh, he, doo-doo, doo-doo, doo-doo. he is the daredevil, that's and he's right. gonna get you. Yep, yeah, better watch out, Mister Criminal. It's the daredevil. Just <laughs> <laughs> gonna put out a holiday. Good. Yeah. So that's uh, great. Now, Kevin, I don't have a question for you because I didn't get enough time to find one, even though I had one ready last week, but I forgot what it was. I appreciate your honesty. Okay, moving on. No questions for us. Let's get to our viewing <laughs> diaries. Uh, this is where we talk about our thoughts and feelings mid-watching it a bit. This is the same kind of rule as before in that, like, you know, if it's a good movie and I'm engaged with it and I'm enjoying it, the list is a little shorter. You know? It's not as long as past ones. It is a little, because there's not too much, like, crazy things to point out in the beginning of it. So I started no. off with, this film opens in Istanbul, where Bond and Money Petty are pursuing a mercenary. Uh, it was stolen the hard drive containing some mumbo-jumbo bullshit. Uh and the cold open is a Bond tradition, right? Yes, they kind of invented it, where it's just him on a mission, and yeah. sometimes it ties into the grand plot of the film like this one does. Sometimes it has nothing to do with anything. It's just him kicking some ass. I'm good with either way, because, like, you know, I'm not looking for a, a comment on the human condition, even though that does come in here. Like, it is James Bond. Give me some yeah. action, baby. So, I wrote down, I just got, I went straight off the bat. I need to talk about how good this movie looks. So, this opens with him in a long, dark hallway where just a single, singular seam, uh, beam of light that as he slowly approaches it, it brings his eyes into focus of him searching down for this guy, Patrice. And it's like, God damn, you don't have to make it this good, but I'm so, it's so much better that they do. You know? I, yeah, I love when he comes in with the music sting and he's super out of focus. I'm just sitting there yeah. like, 
hey, you want to you want to focus that a little bit? Hey, it's still, a little, little, yeah, turn the little knob on the camera there. Okay, perfect. yeah, it's a little, uh, little, little. Oh, oh, there he is. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's that's what it looks like. Then, we, of course, we get a great chase, uh, car chase through the cities, where which I'm not sure that you caught up in this. A Bond straight up just mansplaining to Money Penny of how to crash the car into a guy to stop him. <laughs> it's next level mansplaining because he physically grabs the wheel. He literally <laughs> says, "This woman is not competent enough to do this job. I need to do it for her." <laughs> <laughs> that's. It, <laughs> They had to keep some traditions alive. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one they're like, we'll never, he could be any, he could be any of this we want, but God damn it, women will not be respected in these films. <laughs> not, not in the field. That is a man's job. He's never sent a woman to do a man's job. I think he says that. You know, that I wish, I wish that wasn't the case, but it is. <laughs> it's, it's one stupid. of those, I think when you double down on it so much, it becomes so ridiculous that it's just fun. <laughs> i wrote down he opened fires into a crowd of civilians that's that's how american spies do it damn it you're not you're british act like it <laughs> there's a there's a lot of disregard for civilians in this opening yeah and it's just a long pursuit uh nothing too crazy but i wrote down he crashes his motorbike onto the top of a train and is just fine and i'm like movies are awesome there's a lot there's a lot of that especially in the opening of this movie where yeah. i'm like well bond's dead there he's dead there he's dead there you know and then he gives a class where he uses the backhoe to rip open the back of the train jump onto it stands up and adjusts his cufflinks movies are awesome yeah yeah he, he reloads his he reloads his cufflinks <laughs> um the, i i felt i felt like the the opening is really good i think especially once they get to the train sequence i think the opening is good i think it's not quite as iconic as the opening to casino royale you know i i agree uh, I think because like it's in good. my head, I I watched Casino Royale a couple months back, mm-hmm. uh, thinking I'll watch all the Bond, all the Daniel Craig Bond movies. Watch Casino Royale, loved it. Then I watched Casino Re- or Quantum of Solace for fifteen minutes and got mad. <laughs> so like I compare I compare this to Casino Royale a lot, and like I think the opening of Casino Royale, both the black and white opening, the and then the the parkour chase, mm-hmm. uh, is is a little more iconic, but they're both great. Well, yeah, because in Casino Royale, you basically get in the true origin of Bond, which is the first time you've gotten it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah. So then I wrote a straight up reference to Futurama when they're fighting on top of the train and the tunnel's coming. And it turns out Bond and uh, and uh, Patrice are limbo champions like Hermes Conrad. <laughs> <laughs> they just go, whoa! <laughs> it's great. So I, I got to ask you, because this is my thought when yeah. I watched this part of the movie. Mm-hmm. The part where, so basically at this point, you know, he's trying to get this hard drive from Patrice that has the name of a bunch of, of agents in the field, and if the names get revealed, they'll get killed, right? Because they're in they're embedded within terrorist organizations. <laughs> and there's this a little bit convoluted, but but sequence where they're fighting on top of the train, and and uh, Naomi Harris's character has an assault rifle and is like aiming at them, and she's like, "I got a clean, I don't have a clean shot," because Bond is like full on like uh, Austin Powers, like always in the way, constantly the yeah. whole time. It's like, okay, whatever. Judo chop. Like, right. Emma's like, all right, take the shot. She's like, she makes the judgment call. She's like, take the shot, you know, whatever. <laughs> and it sets up the conflict between M and Bond that M, quote, didn't trust Bond to finish the mission. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but she had to make the judgment call based on the, the scenario. Yeah. I think M is in the right. What do you think? Uh, no. I don't think she is because she literally just gave permission to kill off, friendly fire one of her agents in a scenario where also they still get away with it, as opposed to trusting your agent. It's not like Bond was about to be defeated, you know. And like in the in the, it's not like it was a stalemate, but it wasn't like he was losing, right? And he had to take the shot. Or well, they were she couldn't get... see that. She was watching. She was listening to it over radio. Well, no, she's right. But I'm saying Naomi Harris is 
you know, could have... In the scenario of listening to over the radio, she's correct and just take the shot to take out both of them. That's what I'm saying. M is correct. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Yes, yes. But it, overall, she's wrong. You got to trust your guy, you know? You put him out there in the game. You expect him to win, close the game out. Yeah, but I think the difference is that the thing that was on the line was this list of all of her agents in the field, and it was a it was a, it was was a a trolley cart problem. Yeah, you know, no. it was like, do you kill James Bond to save all these other people, or do you let it keep going and, and potentially kill all Here's these people the, on the track? On paper, yes, but the fact that he's James Bond... And it's stupid because we know he's James Bond. Like he's gonna, he's the right. Best. That's that's why, as the audience, we're yeah. like, but it's James Bond, bro. Listen, what do you got? Gonna if you have, do it? if Jacob Degrom's on the mound, you let him close out the inning, Rojas. That's how it works. Okay. So, do you do you enjoy the Mets? Is that, is that I do? Is that All what right. it sounds like? Okay. That's how, that's how this works. I am a fan of the New York Metropolitans. He gets uh, he gets uh, shot after, uh, and I wrote down moral of the story: never let a woman on the job. <laughs> she shoots Bond and lets the bad guy get away. That's what that's what this movie's telling us, Kevin. <laughs> You know, I'm not saying that that's not the takeaway from this movie, but she does end up just going to work a desk job. <laughs> she does go back to work in the office. <laughs> that's fucked not, up. That's not right. That's objectively true. wrong, but like that's what the movie does. So uh, then when it will say that when he is shot, it is one of the coolest drops into the title sequence I think we've gotten in any Bond film. Yeah. I think the I think yeah. this I think this title sequence, if it's not the best bond title sequence because i'm a huge fan of the casino royale one i really enjoy that one a lot but as far as like setting the tone for a movie both of them are like in the in the tops but if if this isn't the best bond title sequence it's certainly in the pantheon you know um i i really do i i think it's it's probably the best one for sure i think the uh, bond like fans i think they give it to goldfinger uh, because you have again another iconic song and the all gold imagery and stuff like the man with the golden the gun. Gold on. finger, gold yeah. finger. Yeah, which I think is why they're going. That's off a good of, one. But, yep. but I think uh, yeah, I agree. Of the ones of our modern era Bond, which is what you know you and I grew up on, I, this is easily the best of the four we've seen. I think. Yeah, because well, I mean, well, I love the the I love what they did visually with the uh, with the Casino Royale one with like the the cards everywhere and like he's shooting spades and that kind of thing yeah and it like kind of previews what's going to happen in the movie which this does as well mm-hmm. like I, I i like that one but i think the different i think both visually they're really good and i think they set the tone really well so they got that going for him i think the only difference is i think the song skyfall is a better song than the one they used because i couldn't even tell you who did the I, song i know it's chris cornell you know my name because like i love the song but it's very like teenager in 2006 kind of angsty yeah it's a know? it's a lot like i'm listening to lincoln park because i'm 12 right now uh even though i i do like that music and i like chris yeah, cornell a lot yeah. it's okay it's an okay song it's just this is iconic all right so i do remember and then yeah, when we were sure. in the theaters do you remember the people applauding after the title sequence in the theaters they're like oh i love adele she's so good i i don't remember that but i'm glad you do so after that we are we cut to three months later and there's a public inquiry into how m's m's handling the whole idea basically having the debate you and i just had where we meet uh uh, Ray Fiennes is Gareth Mallory, and I wrote down, mm, those Ray Fiennes suspenders, baby. Oh, he's rocking the suspenders in this he, every he time, is, baby. He is he is rocking the, I had too much uh, soup last night for dinner, so I need to hold myself up with some, some motherfucking suspenders. <laughs> he's British. He had soup. That's just how, that's how it is, yeah. I can't, I, here's the, I couldn't remember, because this has now been done a lot of the, in a spy movie of we've lost the drive having all of our agents' Uh, identities on it i feel like a lot of them have done it. i don't know if this is first or not um i mean off the top of my head didn't mission impossible do it recently 
Yeah, I know they did it, and I know there's a couple others that have done it. I just can't okay. think of. I can't like. I just want. To, I, like, I feel like it's used a lot, and I don't know where. You know, I'm gonna guess this is not the original because there's a lot of spy movies in the '90s and, and early 2000s that would have used this as like a plot device. Yeah, you so, know, I, I just remembered at the beginning of the original Mission Impossible, they use it. That's how his original crew is killed. Okay, there you is go. That how yeah. leaks leak, get leaks get out. Yeah. Uh, all right. Fair enough. So then we. Yeah, but get... they didn't have YouTube back then to put the names out on. Like, <laughs> this this they didn't. Yes. Uh, so he's he's getting pressured to retire, and everyone's like, "Listen, you've done a good job, but times are changing." Which again, the central theme of this of are you still useful in the modern age? Yeah. Like watching it a second time, I felt like my head was getting beat. Like I was getting a beat over my head. Like, yeah. oh, he's old. He's not not be useful anymore. But like, it's a Bond movie. It's not yeah. for subtlety, you know. Yeah. Mi six explodes. I just wrote down goodbye. Mi six. Goodbye. <laughs> so the bad guy who we'll get to because yeah. you know he's got well, lots we have, of we have a we have a long way to get to the bad guy. I know, but this is done by the bad guy. It's pretty obvious. Yeah. So this is the first time I thought about it because like I thought about everything I know is going to happen the rest of the movie and all that. Mm. So this is actually where the first real comparison to Batman and the Dark Knight in my head came to. Yeah. I think the bad guy Silva, he's got a bit of Joker syndrome. He's he's all Joker. You know what I mean? He's, he's a little hun- invin- He's a little invincible. We'll talk about that in a second, where in which he straight like, up is like, my plan was yeah. to get captured, which is now yeah, an overused bad yeah, guy exactly. trope. Uh, we'll get to that in the pieces again. Yeah. Silva does not come until an hour 20 into this movie. I thought it was earlier than that, but yeah. No, wow. I, I, <laughs> I know it's late. No, excuse yeah. me, an hour 10. It's 70 minutes was, into the oh, movie. Oh, oh, 10 minutes. Oh, boy. It is. It's big. Okay. So uh, then we get to see, I wrote down, oh, there's an explosive transition because it explodes and it goes into him on a beach somewhere just shagging some ladies drinking out of a scorpion cup just doing his bond thing which again felt like a cut scene from archer honestly (laughs) (laughs) he's just being depressed and alcoholic and taking Uh, painkillers too i think right he's taking opioids yeah opioids all that stuff and it's like oh i'm too old for this shit i'm like you're in your early 40s but you're now you've now made two of them since this one and you're in your 50s (laughs) yeah i'm watching you know like here's the thing this i wrote this down later but it's very relevant at this point in the movie as well so the goal was to make him like old and like a relic, right? His body, as it's... always, incredible shape. Yeah. His face is the face of like a fifty-seven-year-old man. Yeah, just <laughs> you know a, I mean? like a beat-up English bloke. Like he's been in a lot of fights. Face with he, that. He, they don't need to work that hard to make him look old. They yeah. didn't have to work that hard. His face, well, body, sure... in shape. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure that you know this, but this is the only the second film where Bond ever even has a little bit of a beard. All the rest of the time, he's clean-shaven. Yeah, I believe that. What's the Crazy. other one? Uh, it's one of the Brosnan ones I can't think of off the top. Okay. I had it in my list. but It might be Goldeneye, actually. I don't know. It yeah. might be Goldeneye. Uh, so I wrote down, because this is the theme and he's so beat up, I'm like, A, this feels a lot like his Dark Knight Returns, which yeah. is this is kind of aping off of him. I'm like, also, this could, should have kind of been the last Bond film when you think about it. Like, I'm glad that, like, at least of his tenure, like, if he just did these three and told one complete story... It would have been great. Another thing, I still like Parts of Spectre, and I'm still excited to see the next one that comes out in November, uh, eventually. But, That's, yeah, this... Uh, I had those thoughts, too, of, like, you know, I think we all agree Quantum of Solace is not canon. No one cares about Quantum. Even well, though, it is, because remember, Inspector, a huge plot point relied on you remembering Quantum of Solace. I know, like Mr. White for... Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. That's the thing about this these 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 uh these craig films is that they kind of they kind of muck up the the two and four you know the the uh, the even numbers have been not great specter is fine specter is literally fine it's a fine movie but you know how this movie ends Mm -hmm. with like setting up everything in the future it's really it it ends up being 
disappointed it's like wasted potential yeah you know, that's what it feels like yeah it, it it feels like dark knight rises a little bit where it's like yeah our story came to a conclusion but there's always a new future i wrote down dale craig's sex appeal is far more like 50 shades of gray than anything else where it's like he's gonna he's gonna have a lot more whips involved than uh you care to admit jesus christ <laughs> yeah all right so they bring him back in he's now has to go through all these psycho physical medical and psychological examinations so he's all failing and he's clearly just off his game but M obviously approves for him to come back into the field. And I think this sequence is really good. I, I enjoy the sequence a lot. We, we missed the beforehand where he just shows up in her apartment. Oh, I, like he, yeah, I wanted to just, talk about it. Just like he did in, in, in Casino Royale. Yeah. And like I love that she gets scared for like a hot second, looks around, hears the glass, and she's like, where the hell have you been? I, <laughs> this is so great. This, I'll say this is in one of my best scenes. I love their back and forth. I yeah. think there's a real relationship of like – Familiar, like familiarity and like she's like what took you so long their and chemistry is fantastic it's really really good yeah and for like, sure i just i thought that that seemed really compelling because it's like yeah he he is too old for this shit they're both too old for this shit but they both know that they're still the best people for this job yeah and like they're both basically refusing to uh to get back into the you know to, to, i just, just i love the die. where the hell have you been and then at the very end of the scene she's like Hey, we sold all your shit. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got rid of all your shit. You shouldn't have been dead for so long, you idiot. He's like, oh, I get. Like that's the one of the few times he's like actually like, oh, guess I'll get a hotel. <laughs> like he's yeah. just kind of defeated for a second. So then he gets we get to we see him in the new MI6, which is like this underground facility. Uh, you know, going through again, failing all of the physical, medical, and psychological exams, but he gets approved to come back on the job. Uh, then we also meet his new quartermaster, uh, Q. Who's the young upstart, uh, you know, English tech guy? I, mean, I it, love the scene where they meet. It's love it's it. it's really really good of them, just kind of this back and forth and like, oh, what are you expecting? A exploding pen? And I'm like, you don't really go in for that anymore. <laughs> I wrote, but I wrote that like that. I was like, I feel like that'd still be useful. Actually, like I don't know why you're making fun of that. Like having a quick like ready to go explosive in the size of that's still kind of useful like i'm not i'm not you're not wrong you're not wrong you are not wrong there's you're, you're little there are shit. things that spies still have that they would have stuff like that yeah, you like little that. shit and then it gives them much more realistic which wasn't a thing at the time but now is a thing where it's a uh fingerprint analysis gun where only you can use it i i i mean i don't know if that's a real thing but it seems it, realistic i know it's a real thing because the nra and all these people have been blocking legislation to get the mass made because we don't get too political on this, but like basically people are like, Hey, if we literally just get every gun encoded to a person's fingerprints, you can't only have, they can use it. Only they can use it. And people then into won't be just randomly able to get a gun and start shooting people up. Mm -hmm. it, it, it literally gives straight up, you know, not immunity. Um, uh, I identity, I guess. Identity. Exactly. You have identity to the gun, which is a whole other issue, but yeah, it's still cool. You know, like re like we got a real sci-fi, but turned into real life. How they ended up using it in the movie was like a little forced. I feel like know? they should have been a better Chekhov's gun to go with this Chekhov's gun. Yeah, like, a, like I something agree. cooler. I mean, it worked, but like they could have been a more fun way of doing it. I think. Yeah, I think so. I, I felt like a doctor should have got that bullet out of his his, his shoulder instead yeah. of him with a fucking <laughs> pocket knife. All right, so he's now back on the job, and he go first assignment is to go to Shanghai to follow Patrice. Now, this is, I wrote down, peak 2012. This is like, yeah, we get to go to China now, baby. And er everything China does is good. Everything is so efficient and beautiful here in China. Everyone loves China. It's beautiful. 
Yeah, China, we, spend uh, you, a thir- we spend a solid like 40% of this movie in Shanghai, right? Uh, I don't know, 40%, like 25. Okay. Like it's a quarter. Like 40, it's, right. it's, it's basically like this chunk, like I think it's like the 45 minute mark to like an hour mark. Okay. All so right. I mean, it's like 15 minutes, but it, it goes, it, a lot happens. Uh, well, it, no, it's, it's two sequences in a row. You have this fight in the in the in the skyscraper yeah. and then the whole casino thing is also in shanghai yes so, so that, that's, that's like a solid like 30 35 minutes. minutes of the movie yeah i don't think it's that long though because like you think about it like the fight sequence where he, the guy gets assassinated where he knows to follow the chick to the casino uh where in which you know and, he al- gets... and also you don't don't forget the, the the weird hotel scene where they get shaved in between oh yeah gotta have that weird that's like, also in shanghai <laughs> that's also in shanghai so yeah you're right it's like 30 it's, it's a solid like a good chunk of the movie i think but anyway uh so then we go to the then we get the elevator sequence where he's hanging on to uh to follow patrice up the thing and i wrote down i think he could have just taken the next elevator and gone to the same floor there's some really because <laughs> he ended up just getting out of the second elevator door you could have <laughs> you, you made that so much harder on yourself what are you doing james um i'm just such a sucker for the whole aesthetic of this whole part of so, the movie this is, our town. this is why every cinematographer jerks off to Roger Deakins. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Basically like a black and white film, but they're only illuminated by the occasional uh, advertisement floating over a la Blade Runner. But then even yeah, cooler. It's, it's cyberpunk. It's a cyberpunk aesthetic. And even cooler is when they're only lit up by the gunshot of going off. That is, it yeah. was so freaking cool. It's so gorgeous. Like that's like, oh, like, that's why you watch movies, baby. Although I did laugh very hard seeing uh, Daniel Craig in that driver outfit at the airport, like waiting for him <laughs> to get out of the airport. He just looks so stupid. I loved it. Yeah. It's also, I think it was also good storytelling that Bond is still fucked up because he lets the guy die without finding out. I literally just wrote down, Bond just doesn't save that guy, huh? Just, just, just doesn't just, do it. Just lets him die after that other guy gets assassinated. Also, what was that guy doing? The guy that got assassinated by Patrice, was that like a painting viewing? <laughs> Like, I guess so. I don't know. Like rich people should just not do anything because their lives seem always terrible. Yeah, it's like, hey, go sit down in this exact spot for this exact amount of time. We're not gonna kill you with a sniper across the roof. Don't worry about it. So then we get to the weird shaving scene where remember that starts with him just inherently taking off her dress, and I'm like, yep. how is SNL not just made a straight up sketch of him being me too at work? <laughs> like just him being like all the tweets come out about. I know, him. I know, I know. It's like See, he that's did a- what to me. That, that's a softball, my friend. That's a softball, baby. That is a softball. It's such um, an easy one, but no, so I'm with you. Like that, it's really weird. Um, right before that, there's Judy Dench at home getting getting like uh she gets the um like little pop up from Silva like it's like it's to show the YouTube video of all the names getting revealed, and I was like, that's a real boomer move, just clicking on an ad that clearly has a virus in it. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> She wouldn't be boomer. She's the greatest generation. No, I know, I know she is. <laughs> She's even older. She's even older than yeah. The no, I, to, in reference to what you, the earlier scene you were just talking about, I wrote down, yeah. "Who boy, consent is not in his vocabulary." It, it it helps that he just looks like he does. That that that's why they're like, "All right, fine," but ee, oh boy, they never yeah, said boy. no. They never said no, but we no one heard the word yes, James. Uh, it's it's. It's it's clearly less pronounced than the the Connery version, but it's still pretty bad. It's somehow better than Connery, still awful. Uh, so then I go fuck me. These shots where he's floating into the dragon's mouth to go into the casino, so yep. cool, so cool, yeah. so awesome, so cool and debonair. Uh, he's then uh, approached by Severine, uh, Patrice's accomplice. He recognizes the tattoo. It turns out she was a sex slave who was rescued by the criminal who now employs her. 
who is turns out to be Silva. It's one of those weird, like, this is where the film f- falls a little bit off for me, where it's like, we're getting yeah. a little plotty here, guys. I don't need this uh, too much backstory here, you know? Well, then it makes it even weirder when he just, like, gets with her in the shower, like, without saying anything. It's just it's a weird scene, man. That's one of those we could just assume they cut to, the, you know, she was, like, come in the shower with me, James, and they just cut away from that scene, you know? I uh, mean... We get- I don't know about that, Sean. I'm not convinced of that. <laughs> she turns in. She turns. She's into it. And the sh- I, I'm not gonna. All right, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> uh, we get the bond. Hey, James. hey! Don't dig yourself that hole, baby. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't need to. I don't need any more. Any more emails coming at me. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we we're, we then we get to, he gets a weird Komodo dragon fight. That's a little bit of a whack seed. It's fun, but it's a little whack. I get it. It's an it's an homage to earlier films where he falls into like uh, the snake pits in one of them. I can't think. Of, and he falls into a lion pit in another. Like he falls into hey, a lot of pits. A thing I never noticed, but I did in this watch uh, watch through is uh, to get out of that pit. He just steps on a komodo dragon and just just gets out. Those fully CGI, but not CGI good enough yet. Komodo dragons. It's a little weird. Yeah, it's not right. Yeah. All right, so he finds out where he needs to go to this private island to meet with her employer. Uh, he uh, has hopefully consensual sex in the shower. Yep, I hope so. Uh, they're going to Macau, and then finally, we this is where we finally meet Silva. And I'll, the only thing I wrote down about this scene was, "You got me monologuing." Oh, he. This is with you're an a- actor, and you get to play the Bond villain, where you get to chew some motherfucking scenery. And that's why I'm so disappointed in Spectre, because they had Christoph Waltz and he didn't do that. He did not you know get I mean? he did not get like an hour long monologue of being Ah yes, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Well ninety five percent of the time he's just like a silhouette and he doesn't get to do anything. Yeah, and even he, when he does get an opportunity, it's just kinda flat. Yes. And this I is really where, need to rewatch Spectre because I feel like I might like it more now, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I don't think here's the thing, I don't think anybody's rewatched Spectre. I feel like it's just kind of the forgotten bond at this point. Because it's not I as consider bad that, as, I consider that quantum of solace personally well no i think people remember how bad quantum of solace is though so she's like oh maybe don't talk to this guy too much he's a little crazy we find out what he is he is a former mi6 agent himself yeah who, who has been was betrayed on a mission similar to bond was at the beginning of the film by m and left for dead uh he gets this very cheeky uh just taunting a bond of being like oh uh, he gives the story of the two rats of how the rats need to uh you know, if you let the rats starve, eventually they'll start eating each other until there's only two rats left, right. him and him. And then he goes, well, what are we doing, James? Shouldn't we eat each other? <laughs> While he rubs his thighs. And, like, and then he oh. goes like, oh, Mr. Bond. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Mr. Bond. Oh, I just wrote, oh, that, yeah, that, baby. That does eat. feel a little bit like a wink at the camera. Oh, I wrote down, oh, yeah, baby. Eat each other, you fucking sluts. <laughs> just... <laughs> okay, I didn't write that, but okay. <laughs> That's what they are. They're two sluts, Kevin. Uh, then I love. All right, so then we get to the uh, great sequence where, like, oh, let's go see. Let's go. Do you are you not a sporting man, James? And then like shoot. See if you can shoot the shots off of Severine's uh, Se- head. And I love when he really taunts him. He gets cheek to cheek with Bond. Like, oh, you can't, you can't hit him like that. It's like because his hand's still struggling with the no, shot. No, no, he says, let's see who ends up on top. <laughs> let's see who ends up on top. Yes. Yeah. I, I again, I think that is him turning up the the cheese, but like. It works. He's just having a good time. I think yeah. He's having a good time with it, you know? Yeah, that's where uh, Bond misses the shot, obviously, because he's still, like, you know, in theory, prime Bond can shoot it off her head and she's okay. 
and it's well, just... I, I I only disagree because uh, not 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 not, uh, not disagreeing with you. Yeah, I I, I think the reason he misses because he was using a fucking flintlock smoothbore pistol. Okay, this shit's inaccurate as hell, bro. Yes, that that's like extra hard mode on Goldeneye ninety six. <laughs> it really is. Like that is an inaccurate gun. Piece of shit gun. And then Silva just shoots and kills her. And yep. then just some top notch Bond writing. He's like, oh, that's a perfectly good waste of good scotch there, boy. Right, like, like, he, like of course he doesn't care about her in the slightest. She was only a sex slave, piece John, of shit. Bond, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, we're all uncomfortable now. I didn't think about this when I was 18, but now I am. Yeah, now, now we have a full world context. Uh, he's now caught, and he, now he's in the new MI6's underground headquarters, where Q is now attempting to with this very elaborate glass prison cell. Which, like, guys, there's no way you just built that. You've well, you've had that saved around now. Yeah, exactly. And then you know, Q's trying to decrypt Silva's laptop, and all, and and M and Mallory being deposed by random British people, uh, in the like the courthouse setting. And this is, I feel like it, when I first saw this, it was like the best part of the movie. But for me, this is actually one of the weaker parts of the movie now for me. Of uh, the villain getting caught on purpose, they do this in the Avengers, uh, Star Trek Into Darkness, The Dark Knight. Uh, and so many other of these action movies at the time, they all had the same of, ooh, it was the villain's plan all along, and he he's smart enough to get away with everything. Well, n- now's a really good time to, to bring back that point earlier. Yeah, the, the it was a thing where it happened in The Dark Knight. That was the first time. I, I mean, it's happened in other movies, too, obviously. But that was the first time someone pointed it out to me as like, well, actually, this is kind of ridiculous because... It just makes the villain kind of invincible. Like you know what they're, you know what it's saying. This villain is playing five dimensional chess with everybody, and it's like okay, but it just feels a little bit unbelievable, and it just doesn't necessarily work. You know? No, no, not at all. I mean, but it does work though. Is when we get M versus Silva in the glass cage, where we get the full reveal of his dismembered face from the cyanide pill. Still yeah. super chilling and gross and creepy at the same time. Yeah, it looks like Gollum. It does look like Gollum, but like in real life. We get a lot of bad science mumbo jumbo. Uh, I am computers, Sean. I am computers. Where I wrote down, he's, they say he's using a polymorphic matrix to hide the code inside of the embedded decryption. <laughs> and I'm like, guys, that's pretty bad. So, I, I, okay, all right. I'm going to tell you right now. I watched, uh, there's a bunch of these things online. I think it's through like GQ and like a uh, uh, bu- bunch of, of different magazines. They put out these videos where they have, like, an expert come in and they react to, like, the speci- the thing they're an expert in in movies. Mm-hmm. And I watched one. It was, like, half an hour long of a, a, a woman who's a uh, – she is a real-life, like, hacker and security expert. Yeah. And she's watching, like, hacking scenes. Like, you know, like, Swordfish, like, stupid movies like that. Yeah. Which Swordfish should go on this list if it's not on that list. Oh, I think we do have it as, like, a three. Uh, I, I love that terrible movie. I love Swordfish. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, they did this scene, right? They showed – him and like it's exactly what you're saying she's like yeah polymorphic like whatever that's that's not real she said what is real is he mentions that there's a bunch of code in there that's Mm -hmm. like has nothing to do with what the program actually is for that's real right like a a virus will be in something else that has a bunch of code and then the thing they want you to do is hidden inside that code so that's real but she said the thing that that q does that's really dumb is Mm -hmm. he takes silva's computer do you notice they really focus on he plugs it into their network? She said, like, that is something you never do with <laughs> anything you're trying to, like, analyze or anything. Because as soon as you do that, mm-hmm. you are completely vulnerable to anything. Like, 
nobody who is computers like you would would do that he is computers he would not do that all right so that sets off his whole plan of how he's gonna do this big escape to go turns out he has no grand plan of ultra villainary all he wants to do is kill him that's actually his only a very small plot for a bond villain yeah which actually makes him a very compelling villain because he's actually i kind of agree actually because like his actual plan is to approach her in the middle of her hearing and just shoot her. Yeah, he has like, no plan of getting away with it either. He wants to no. die. He just wants to make sure she's dead, too. Exactly. And then just doesn't pull the trigger. <laughs> and just, then just doesn't do it, which is... Uh, 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 but don't, forget, don't forget about the train punch. He punches Bond with a train. When Bond first realizes it's all a setup and he's escaped, did you see the poop in his pants run D- Daniel Craig had? Where he, Daniel Craig poops in his pants it, every time he runs in all of his movies. It's, that's how a, he runs. He's a big time poop pants runner. That, that's the only <laughs> way to describe his ability like to run. The, the, he's like his his whole upper body is just straight vertical. Yeah, and he's just like really quickly pumping yeah. his arms. Like he is poop. Ah, uh, we get the very long chase sequence where, which again, ripping off the Dark Knight, where he's posing as a cop walking through the to, to escape. God, I can't unsee it now. I know. I it, just can't. So he's getting through, and then the sequence is good. It's a little long. It's a little yeah. long. Oh, yeah. It yeah. goes on. Like, when they're sliding down the uh, escalators, I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, when You're right. When he's able to time out the explosion to get a train to hit Bond with, that's just like a hat and a hat, you know? It's a hat and a hat, but it works great for a trailer. It did work really well for the trailer, and that's why we saw it. It worked great for a trailer. It was like they built that whole thing. That looked real to me, you know? Like, and then, again, more great uh, Roger Deakins uh, cinematographies when they're shooting out the uh, fire extinguishers to create smoke to hide M in yeah. the thing. That's good stuff. Yeah. And now here's where we're kind of in the last act of the film where it does get – it slows down intentionally slow a lot. Yeah, I remember not super liking it the first time I saw the movie. Like, not not disliking it, but I was like, this is different. Mm-hmm. But it works. Yeah. I think it's, it's cool. It's a cool aesthetic. It looks great, you know? It looks it looks great. I mean, the beautiful Scottish Highlands are amazing. But we show up there in in Aston Martin DB5, which is just one of those. Ooh, if you're an old guy with a fuck ton of money, you gotta buy one, right? Like, oh, I'm not even a car guy, but even I'm like, holy shit, that's that's the car to get. Yeah, yeah I know. Uh, I just love this whole sequence because Scotland somehow fooled the world into thinking they're a beautiful country. It's like <laughs> it's like covered in gray and and like mist and like it's like. It's it looks ugly, it's, but even I'm just like, wow, beautiful countryside. That looks great. It's the land of fog. I wrote down the classic Bond theme always works when they play it uh, as they're going to the thing. Uh, Beacons is a genius. Yep. You know why? And then we go back to the Bond Batman connection, Kevin, because we go to his old house that's been abandoned by him that it, was left to him by his orphan as an orphan parents who has an old British, uh, old Scottish caretaker named Kincaid. And I'm like, okay, so he just has his own fucking Alfred now too. Yeah, Alfred is here, but his name is Kincaid and he's Scottish. That's the old, it's Alfred. Yeah, that's who it is. Yeah, yeah. No, it's very, very. Yeah, it's very, very Batman. The, the only thing is, that instead of fighting like Liam Neeson at his home. It's just home alone. Like it's just I wrote home down. Alone. We, now we get a home alone sequence of setting up all these booby traps for again a fight sequence that goes on just a little long. Just yeah, a, yeah. it's good. It's just a little long. But then we get to the old church house, which I guess they just have a church on their property. Yeah, I uh, thought the same thing, and I was like, all right, fuck it, let's just get this movie over with. <laughs> like, let's just go. Yeah, we're going a little long. Uh, I wrote down, holy fuck, why would you blow up that car? You guys are pieces of shit. Uh, it's it's tragic then, for sure. And then we get to, oh my God, him running through the fog at night through the flames. Like, that's Roger Deakins, baby. He does it again in 1917, but it looks so good here. Yeah. Uh, Silva survives the destruction of the house, follows Kincaid and M to the chapel. Uh, 
Silva puts the gun to his head and M's head and wants her to pull the triggers and kill them both. Bond shows up and throws a knife yeah. in his back. And then we get the what took you so long to tie it all together. Did you love the did you love the fact that Silva has a has a uh, a goon so loyal that he would still fight Bond while drowning? Yeah, I, you gotta love that. Like loyalty like that is hard to come by kevin the only the only movie that's ever like successfully addressed it for me is actually iron man 3 yes it is the only one like he's like i don't even like these people i i'm I'm gonna leave i'm gonna go the only thing that really ever tackled it well is venture brothers where they go into just the henchmen it's like yeah we recruit high school dropouts that's how we get all the people (laughs) to keep coming back (laughs) i always thought that would make for r.i.p r.i.p venture brothers No, apparently they're going to bring it back for a a closing movie. Okay, cool. Which is good. Good job. Good job, uh, Internet. Uh, Yeah, and and then the film ends with uh, uh, Ray Fiennes' Mallard becoming the new M, Bond, and then Money Petty doing her job and sitting at a goddamn secretary's office. (laughs) None of this executive assistant, she's a fucking secretary. Hey, I'm also just saying... He tried to. He he went for the dress in the hotel scene. He didn't know her name. He didn't know her name. <laughs> and she shot you, bro. You don't know her name, and she shot you. Well, yeah. Now she definitely has to have sex with him, Kevin. And she shot him. Okay. So the ending of the movie, I love the ending because what it's doing is it's referencing all the old stuff, and it's like kind of a new version of the old stuff. Yeah. And you know the classic like you know Money Penny and all that. It's like you're setting up the the new adventures. It's kind of like the ending of uh star trek yes right, the, the 2009 reboot right mm-hmm. it's like we have all the pieces in place we're ready for future adventures it's totally open you know it's not saying here's what the next movie will be yeah it's open to anything and then they just kind of fumbled it with specter you know? so many things have done this now where they, I know. they have everything in, and then the follow-up is just not very good because they they, they re- try to repeat themselves instead of just having everything go in the it's i mean listen sequels are hard to do movies are hard to do in general but yeah, it's just they they tried tying it all together. I think it's because Craig didn't want to really do it anymore. No, and he seems very reluctant. He, he well, he said before he only wanted to do the three. Had no desire to do more, which is dumb on his part because that's how you get paid, bro. Uh, but well, I mean, he, didn't they pay him like some stupid amount of money to do the last I think, two? I think he got fifty million for the last two. Yeah, uh, you know what's even more ridiculous? Uh, this is a side note. Did you you've seen Knives Out, right? Or no? No, I still want to. Well, they're doing the they're doing two sequels to Knives Out. Where that feels which dumb. He, Ryan Johnson, and the producer are splitting $450 million three ways to make the oh sequels. Oh, God. <laughs> and I'm like, good for fucking you guys and dumb on the executives at that did not buy the rights to the fucking things. You don't believe in good filmmakers. Yeah, because that was a new IP and everything, right? Brand new IP now. Then Now that now will be a franchise. Good for them. <laughs> Very good for them. Okay, so let's get to our categories. That was the wrap-up of uh, Best Actor. I have three. None. No, just kidding. Uh no, it's uh it's the three leads. Yep, Craig Bardem Dench. Yeah, it's the three leads. Um, if I had to pick, I'd probably say the one the one who's having the most fun is clearly Javier Bardem. Yeah, but I feel like he's going a little too camp for me at times upon sure, this yeah, rewatch, okay. and he's yeah. so derivative of the Joker that I think I'm giving it to Craig. I think it's his best where he you know he doesn't play. He's never been good at the suave parts of Bond, but he's mm. very good at the dour. I'm dying on the inside parts. I don't think you get any better moments than him in this. Congratulations, you sad fuck. You got our award. <laughs> sad, you sad, sad man. Uh, worst actor, I have one nominee. I I didn't really have anything. Who'd you have? I went with uh, Severine, uh, the you know the Bond lady he bangs in the shower. I wrote down, she's just okay. You know, she's beautiful, don't be wrong. Right, but fine. like, yeah. 
I mean, that's more on the writing of she's literally just an object for him to have sex with. But I, yeah. I, I figured just, just to fill in the category. So, I, I didn't have anybody, honestly. I really didn't. Best scene, I have one, two, three, four, five, six. Six scenes. I got a bunch. Actually, I stopped writing them down at a certain point. There were so many. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I think it's uh, easy to start with just the first train sequence. Uh, uh, yeah, I wrote the cold open. I, I, uh, I said specifically the train part of that sequence because okay, uh, it I'll starts get... with. I love the train part. Yeah, for sure. I, I just like the misogyny at the very beginning. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll give you uh, just the train sequence. I'll I'll do yep. that. I wrote down the title sequence. Oh, okay. Yeah, I suppose that counts. That's up there. Yeah, it's that's a really thing. good one. Yeah. M and Bond reuniting at M's apartment. I think yeah, would... that's that's a really good one that I've seen a bunch of times. I like that one a lot. Uh, the Shanghai glass blue room fight. Oh, yeah. The, the Shanghai fight the, is so good. The first one, not necessarily the Komodo dragon one. The, the first no, one. No, yeah. the, the Shanghai, the, in the, when it's just the two of them, him and Patrice. Then I have the Silva's uh, rat monologue and slash sexual innuendos yes. with yep. Bond. The, the you got me monologuing scene. You got me monologuing. Uh, I wrote down uh, Silver uh, Silva escaping Bond in the subways, not the part with the hits him with the train, just before that, the actual chase. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Yep, yep. And that's it. That's all my uh, nominees. Okay, yeah. I mean, while I love the ending visually, I agree with you. It's kind of slow, so I wouldn't put that in the best scene. You know, the whole ending sequence. It's a little, a little long. I, yeah, I know exactly. What you mean. I didn't put that. It's just a little too long for me. The I actually have another one. The only other one I had was meeting Q for the first time. I love that scene. Yeah, I I, I, I like that scene a lot. I just felt that whole sequence is a little like okay, back to Batman. It Dark Knight Rises where he's getting has to they're putting him back together as Bond. Where I'm like a little like we could. The, I remember them just a little bit like pace of play here, guys. It's just speed up like, but like ten percent just to go get through these scenes. I like the Q scene a lot. I just put that whole thing as a whole could be a little faster yeah, yeah no i mean the whole movie could be faster it's fucking two and a half hours long it is two and a half hours long yeah but that was so, that was actually a huge criticism of casino royale casino royale is also two and a half hours long yeah i think it's a criticism yeah. of all the bond movies they're all pretty long yeah they can be they really they they can't and like yeah i'm kind of okay with it most of the time but sometimes it's like all right guys we could, we could speed this up a little bit you know i miss an hour 50 movie those are great remember those oh, they're just man. like we're in we we're out we're done yeah, didn't we, like, when we watched, what was it, uh, Italian Job? How long was Italian Job? Italian Job was a very solid hour 40. Yeah, it was like, all right, yeah, we're done. All right, it's, yeah, because, yeah. like, a lot of these we keep rolling. It's like, oh, God, i got to set aside, like, a fucking afternoon for this thing. <laughs> so who are we giving it to? What are, what are, what are we giving it to for best <sighs> They're scene? They're all here? really good. I agree. So I guess it depends on what we want to qualify as best scene, right? If, like, is this why you should watch the movie? What's the actual best scene of the movie? Yeah. Or, like, you know, like, is this, like, the best part of what makes Bond Bond? Uh, because if like, in terms of like just them as characters, I think it's the M Bond reuniting in her apartment scene. That's really, really good. Yeah. But if we're is. going like, this is why you watch Skyfall, I think I go the Silva monologue, maybe? That's definitely for like the villainous part of it. If you want like the best, like straight up, well, cause the reason I have the Shanghai fight is cause it looks beautiful. I love that aesthetic. Yeah. But as far as the fight goes, it's just two guys punching each other, you know? Yeah. Um, which is every fight scene, realistically. Um, yeah. So, you know, as far as, like, the opening train sequence is really cool as far as the action goes. Mm. But as far as, like, what... But that's just an action sequence, you know? Like, action sequences are cool, but, like, what you're getting at about what makes it Bond, I would probably say that the Silva scene is really good for that. For that. But yeah. the, best, the best chemistry and the best acting between two people is uh, Bond and M reuniting, for sure. I said, let's go Silva scene because that's unique to Bond. 
I'll go with that. The rats. I go with the rats. Uh, we're seen. I only have two and a half. I got two as well, and they're both for the same reason. Uh, I have uh, money pennies. Uh, shaving a bond. The shaving scene is whack, dude. You can get rid of that entirely. Yeah, and maybe the sexual, the maybe sexual assault. <laughs> oh, the shower scene. The, yeah, the shower scene where he just walks into a again yeah, those, former those child sex slave's shower and just has sex with her. Those are mine. Do you have an extra one though? I have one extra, and it's because it's I don't know if you count, but when they're doing the initial home aloneing of Bond's house, I'm like, we could probably you probably could just said you did it and not showed us. Oh, uh, so just it's like a us. surprise as it happens. Yeah. Okay, that's because fair. Just, just you sh- that you shave off five movie- minutes of the movie. I'm like, we're good. Yeah, I feel on that. I think I got to go with the shaving scene because it like really drags the pacing down a lot. Yeah, I'll I'll give you the shaving scene as well. Even though I think they had pretty good chemistry overall. Oh, they did. Yeah, and like yeah. I I know why you have that in there. It's because you need Bond being like a fucking Bond, creep. Bond fucks. Uh, that's what he does. He that's part of his, that's part of his character. All right, the Fury Road freak of the film. I have a couple of nominees. I got three. I have the people playing the scorpion drinking game at the beginning. Oh, that's, a good, just, that's a good one. Yeah, that's who a good are one. just all in on that. Uh, <laughs> I have uh, Silva, just Silva. Silva. Yeah, yep. Silva's uh, one of them. Then I have uh, Kincaid. Where I'm like, what yeah, no, sp- I wrote down not Sean Connery. Not Sean Connery. All right, well, t- uh, well, we can jump ahead of recastings. So they're formulating this film. The Broccoli family, the producers, their original plan was Kincaid was going to be Connery to bring it all together. That would have been so bad. It would have been terrible. Would it? it might have yes. worked. Distracting. Entirely distracting. Yeah, There's no yeah. point in doing that. Yeah, I agree. It's a, it's a little too tongue-in-chief. Uh, it would have been. That's why they didn't do it. Well, no. Connery, it. Connery turned it down. Yeah. They, say, they had well, full plans they, to do it. They probably just tried to save face. They're like, oh, yeah, it would have been distracting. Like, we didn't want... Yeah, that's probably what they did. Yeah. Uh, the only one I have <laughs> that wasn't on your list is that guy on the subway who looked just like John Oliver. Oh yeah, that's Did you see him? Yeah, he just like John Oliver. <laughs> that was John Oliver. I don't think it was. Is the fucked up part? No, I don't think it was. I think it's just what John, John Oliver looks like a generic British man. A generic British guy. That's what he looks like. That's yeah. that and Zazu from fucking Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our uh, our Stephen J. Gomez slash well, no, who, Jor- who's the who's the freak show man? Who is? Oh, it? freak show. I I'm I'm gonna give it to the Scorpion people. Yeah, they're weird, man. They're fucked they're, up. They're fucking weirdos. Our Stephen J. Gomez slash Jorah Momot, expositioner butt plug of the film. I only have one person. Because there's only one right answer. Rory Kinnear is Tanner, right? The... It's Tanner. It's absolutely okay. Tanner. Okay. I thought for a second you might be zigging while I'm zagging. Well, because there yeah. there's a second there's a second option. It's like, like 5%. Like 95% of the vote went to Tanner. Like, that's just how it is. 5% of the vote in a protest vote went to Q. Because Q does a little bit of exposition here and there, but like but Tanner no. consistently throughout the movie. That's Tanner's entire job is to tell M, you're being, you know, need to be deposed by England. Ta- uh, Bond, you can't do that. His job is literally just like, yeah, all these things. Like he's literally just there to explain the plot the entire time. And like I can tell, it's taking a toll on him because that man, his hairline is receding a little bit. You know, uh, there were 85 versions of James Bond's Tom Ford suit tailor made for the opening chase sequence. Wow, 30, 30 made for Craig. 30 for a stunt double, and then another 25 for the stunt double, stunt double. <laughs> stunt double, stunt double. Well, one, one is the, really dangerous. Yeah, for the really, like, the it's okay if he dies. <laughs> uh, in 50 Years of James Bond is the only the second one in which he suffers a gunshot wound. The first one was in Thunderball. 
Oh, oh, I haven't seen Thunderball. There's a lot of them I haven't seen. Uh, Judy Dench in this film has more screen time than Desmond Lewin, who played Q in 17 movies combined. Wow, <laughs> damn. Yeah. So he yeah. that's literally when he would just show up and uh, do it. This was the final of the 23 James Bond films for the trumpet player Darren Watkins, who had been in the music department on all 23 films. He died four months after the movie was released. Uh, if you look closely during the Komodo Dragon Pit, you'll notice Daniel Craig has strange-looking pudgy hands. Uh, this is because during filming, Craig had gone to the shops and purchased a pair of gloves that he thought were fitting for 007. Director 007, uh, Sam Mendes, let him wear them in the scene, but later during editing, they realized the gloves didn't work with the logic of the scene. James Gunn's, Bond's gun is picked up by the henchman who's unable to fire because the gun has coded to uh, his you know, palm print, not Whoopsie. only allowing Bond to film. <laughs> Therefore, Bond wearing gloves makes no sense, which means they had to use a shit ton of CGI to fix his hands. I feel like I've heard of that before, and I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's yeah. fascinating. It's one of those you don't notice because there's no real close-ups on or anything. But right, yeah. Oh, it's Wild. oh, you mean it's not a CGI mustache? It's not a CGI mustache. Yeah, turns out hands easier to replace than faces. Who knew? <laughs> who knew? Who knew? Who could say? Uh, the f- movie was influenced by Batman Begins: The Dark Knight by director Christopher Nolan, according to Sam Mendes. Several early reviews of this movie liken the mood of the movie to that of the dark knight rises interestingly a recurring line of dialogue occurs in dark knight rises was in permission to die this is also the title of the 1989 james bond comic book a shot of bond standing on top of a building looking out over london with a flag of england evoked batman's perch on the rooftops of gotham city mendez said in terms of what nolan achieved specifically in dark knight the second movie what it achieved was something exceptional it was a game changer for everybody when nolan proves that you can make a huge movie that's thrilling and entertaining and there's a lot to say about the world we live in even if in the case of the dark knight it's not even said in our world that did help me give me the confidence to take this movie in that direction without the dark knight this may not have even been possible so <laughs> it is bonded batman this is the dark knight yeah yeah uh adele skyfall is the first billboard top 10 100 hit to win the academy award for best original song since eminem's lose yourself oh okay All right, i was gonna ask if there's another one it felt like there was uh the promotional tie-in with heineken lager beer for this movie was valued at 28 million uh excuse me 28 million euros 45 million dollars american this product placement caused a controversy in the media prior to release criticism being made for the lacking integrity and blatant commercialism of with daniel craig appearing in the heineken ad and disrespectful of the james bond tradition of, of drinking a drink shaken not stirred martini fuck off Producer Michael G. Wilson and Dale Craig defend the decision by indicating that the Bond movies cost a lot of money to make, so shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, like, fuck off. Like, get out of here. <laughs> like, fuck off. All right. Now, with all of that, Kevin, what do you, do you stand? Because we put this in a nine initially. I, and Percy, I'm going to bring it down to an eight. I'm at an eight. I'm yeah. at an eight. I still yep. think it's really good. It's really fun. It's just too long and slugs at times. Yep, I think it's an eight. I think a 92 on Metacritic is wild to real, me. Real high. Real high there. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. You know that thing where sometimes, you know, things in the moment are bad. Like, I don't think all those reviews are in the moment, right? And yeah. so, like, sometimes you're just psyched for shit, you know? I mean, I loved it when I saw it, but, like, you know, and I, I've alluded to it throughout this, but my favorite Bond movie is Casino Royale. I love Skyfall. I think Casino Royale is the definitive Bond movie for me. I really I think do. I'm, I think I'm with you on that. The, uh, like, And I recently rewatched Casino Royale, and Casino Royale is a little long. And I think the last like thirty minutes are a little whack, like a little mm-hmm. bit. But again, upon rewatching it, I was like, actually, this works. Like it's pretty damn good. And everything from the iconic opening to all the time I actually spent with the gambling and casino, it's what you want out of a Bond movie. Less so on the gadget side, which was more of like kind of cheesy parts. Just the suaveness yeah. and his character 
being cool. That's the movie. He's he's again. He's just male fantasy. That's what you want. Yeah. He's cool. He's handsome. He you know he kicks ass. I think Casino I, Royale is a nine. Well, this is an eight. That's what I think. I think I want to give Casino Royale full thing before I come to that, but this is definitely an eight to me. So we were yeah. a little high. Still very good though. Still yeah, recommend. For sure. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I was a little hungover today. It was perfect for that. All right. So now those are our opinions. Now Kevin, now for time for other people's hot takes. Yeah, give me some hot takes. Pause when Javier Bardem goes. Well, we could eat each other. Hmm. <laughs> is the gayest moment in cinematic history. Sam Mendes threw the threw the first brick at Stonewall. Five stars. <laughs> threw the first brick at Stonewall. <laughs> Jesus by, Christ, that's funny. There's that was by Eric Nordgren. This could have been a two and a half hours of Javier Bardem rubbing Daniel Craig's thighs, and I still would have given it five stars. That's by Kylo Steve. Yeah, Ky- Kylo Steve. <laughs> Kylo Steve is the best screen name I've ever heard. Holy shit, Kylo Steve is a 10 out of 10. Fuck off, that's great. Yeah, good for Kylo Steve. Uh, this is by Anna Ronge. Yo, did anyone else notice that the pig fucker from Black Mirror is in this? Three stars. Yeah, he is. He's Tanner. He is Tanner. That guy's a good actor, but he did fuck that pig. Yeah, he fucked that pig. Everyone know it is known. That is true. I figured this would be a good movie to put on the background while I cleaned. Anyways, watch the whole thing and didn't get any cleaning done. Three stars. By Charlie. <laughs> Killing it as always. Oh, gotta love him. My wife made me watch this and wow, this was a bore. I was waiting for the movie to get better and it never does. Then she complained to, for like an hour that I didn't like it. Then she complained about my drinking habits. One and a half stars. That man needs to get his uh, relationship looked at. That's uh, that's what yeah, that is. He, he, they should go to some counseling. That's by Pietro Bertolacci. And finally... The only great thing about this film is that Judy Dance is finally fucking dead. One star. By Dick James. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dude, relax. How many stars was that one? How that many was stars? One, that was one star. Oh, God. Damn. I will say, it was hard to find negative reviews of this one, actually. I had to really look. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, those are probably just trolls. Hey, Kevin, does this film pass the Bechtel test? There is no way this passes the Bechtel test. It does, and this is what it literally says on the on the website I look up for this stuff. So, yes, but you know, James Bond is not a great feminist himself. Is it? Is it? Wait, is <laughs> because, it the scene where she's being deposed? Yes, it's the scene where she's being deposed because they're both named, and they're you know they don't talk about men during it. So technically, it pa- like again, the battle test is actually super easy to pass, which is yeah. why it's insane. Most films don't. Yeah. Damn. Uh, okay. Yeah, but, yeah, James Bond not a great uh, feminist role model. What? Uh, no. We once again it says the title of the movie in the movie. You know what? It turns out now that I'm aware like now that we're looking for this as we're going yeah. along, like I think a lot of movies actually do that. They really do. Some of them better than others. Well, well you know, a- the thing like when it's one word, that's one thing. Yeah. But like when it's a phrase it becomes really obvious like yeah. like the family guy sketch, you know. It's a, we're presented with a clear and present danger. <laughs> right, like that's that's what I'm talking about. That's the weird ones. All right, and that's all we got for Skyfall, folks. Now all we have to do is roll for our, what our next movie is. We got to replace that nine. Let's do it. Let's look at what our nines are. Now Kevin's gonna roll a six-sided die uh, for us <laughs> and fuck it up and fuck it up. And from I'll read these off in just a second, and then that will go in our t- one to ten, where Kevin is also gonna roll again for us. Decide what that's we're where watch he's for. gonna fuck it up. That's, that's where he's right really there. gonna fuck it up. He's, the nines we really really don't have too much miss out on. So. We're talking to be either Whiplash. That's for a one. Coco. Princess Mononoke. Children of Men. Groundhog Day. Shawshank Redemption. 
Can't go those wrong. all sound delightful. Just can't go wrong across the board. with any of these. I've never seen Coco, so I kind of want to see that. Yeah, Coco is a. Uh, it, it, it turned out I really liked Coco when I saw it. I, I'm the one who gave that a nine. I loved Coco. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what we got. Wow, look at that. It's a two. That's Coco. Oh, well, that worked out nicely. We definitely didn't plan that at all. all right. But actually, we did. Nice, uh, ni- nice, uh, nice, nice uh, use of Chekhov's gun there. Yeah, that's how you. That's how you set it up, Bond. Okay. So, yeah, exactly. Okay. So before you read off, before you read off the uh, uh, the list of what we have for one to ten, what I what I really is is like we're both just sitting here waiting to see who's gonna roll the first one, right? And uh, I, I, like whoever rolls the first one, you know what it's become? It's yeah. become a game of fucking Russian roulette, and we keep passing the gun <laughs> back and forth, and it just won't go off. <laughs> I know. This should be a punishment for whoever rolls the whoever rolls a one. Like one of us has to do something. Besides watch, besides watch with the, we'll figure it out. Besides watch the movie, besides watch the movie. So like one of us has to eat like a hot ghost pepper or something, something stupid like that. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I'm not I'm not committing to that. That's not happening. Yeah, okay. Yeah. With, with that said, Kevin, here's our current top ten for everybody, which we've almost done a full replacement of at this point. Uh, one Catwoman. Yeah, we're almost there. Yeah. Two cats. Three Jason X. Four Ava. Five six underground. Yikes. Oof. Uh, six Oof, real steel. Five. <laughs> six real steel. Seven Con Air. Eight Nightcrawler. Nine Coco. Ten Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, I don't want to roll this one. I'm doing a, di- a Kevin, different dice. We'll see. If- Kevin, point what? a gun to your head while you do this. <laughs> That's the most fun part. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here we go. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> people i don't know what he rolled yet i just saw his face drop and it was so pri- we gotta put out a video version of this eventually because that was priceless is it a one we're watching cat we're watching we're watching catwoman <laughs> oh my god oh shit that's the second time we've rolled a one so now that we made the rule that you have to eat a ghost pepper too uh, yeah no i specifically said it's on the record here that i did not commit to that also, I wouldn't even know where to get a ghost pepper. Order one online. I'm sure they'd come in. Yeah, hard okay. pass. Hard pass. So, we got to sit through Catwoman. It's weirdly thematically appropriate, given the, the news this past week. Which was? Uh, Batman won't eat out Catwoman. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Uh, no. We, we're not. We we litigated that with, with our friend in the group chat. I'm not getting into it on here. So, all right. Let's give people a little preview of what Catwoman is. It's the, one of the biggest disasters in filmmaking history. It stars Halle Berry, the first film she made after winning an Academy Award, where she immediately won a Razzie for this performance. Uh, it stopped filmmakers from making uh, women as the lead as, as in action films for almost 15 years. Uh, it is uh, the, the official description I am to be. A shy woman endowed with the speed, reflexes, and senses of a cat walks a thin line between criminal and hero, even as, detective, as a detective dodgedly pursues her, fascinated by both of her personas. I can't fucking believe I just rolled a one after that. That's I fucking terrible. And you said it too is the worst. That's what part. I'm saying. I was like, oh man, like it's just a fucking game of Russian roulette at this point. Like who's gonna roll the first one? <laughs> and then God blow your and you immediately blew your own head off. God damn it! All right, Kevin. Good news is, look at it this way. It's over. It's over. I do no, want to. We can. Ro- you can roll a one next time, baby. It can keep going. It can just that, keep on going. Just, just straight ones. God, we. I, I don't even want to think about that. But I do want to add in. I think a punishment like what. A punishment for whoever rolls a one. 
right? I think I'd, I think it'd be a fun thing to add. I I I I can't commit to that right now because I just <laughs> no, rolled a one. No, I'm saying going forward, going forward. Not on no, I know. I don't know about that, Sean, because apparently I'm bad at rolling. What's the highest you've rolled an eight? Oh, I rolled a ten. Okay, you. That's right. Yeah, you rolled a ten. I rolled that's a ten. Pretty good. But I've ro- uh, yeah, I've rolled a ten before. I rolled for Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, your most oh, shining. Mo- your most shining. I think moment. that's. I th- that's that's pretty much everything. Like as far as like all the numbers. Like I, I rolled a two, a three, million fours because I'm a monster. Five. Rolled Every, five ball, everything Frank, but a seven. Launched, uh, rolled a six. Yeah, seven is the only one missing at this point. Yeah. Damn. All right. I think until next time, man. For everyone, tune in for Catwoman. Me? Ow.